Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. In this episode, I chat with Gary Ann Kia, a wedding photographer and a business branding photographer. Over the summer of 2019, Gary Ann and her family relocated, and I knew that she was very strategic about moving her location-based business from one city to another. I wanted to know what her strategy was. Many of us small business owners are married to a location, and the thought of moving our baby is very scary. Well, I can confidently say that Gary Ann shares some great advice for relocating a business, but it's not just about that. It's about growing a business. So this episode is for you no matter what. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed recording. Hey, Gary Ann, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast today. I cannot wait to talk to you more about how you transitioned your business from one city to another. And so thank you so much for agreeing uh, to be on here. So without further ado, I would love for you to tell listeners about you, what your business is, and um, how you got started. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for having me on. Um, my name is Gary Ann Kia, and I am a portrait and branding photographer. I am currently based in Williamsburg, Virginia. And I'm the owner of two brands. So I have my portrait and wedding brand, which is Gary Ann Kia Photography. And then I have my professional branding photography brand that is called the Kia & Co. And so I started off in the family portrait sphere about seven years ago. Um, And when I moved to Huntsville, I was looking for a mentor. And the only, and I was willing to pay for education and I wanted hands-on education. I wanted somebody to take me under their wing, show me what, you know, was good photography. I, I had an eye for it, but I needed some help with the technical space. So I ended up finding somebody in the wedding sphere that I could second shoot with. And so she kind of trained me on everything wedding. I eventually fell in love with weddings. And so I found myself gaining relationships with other vendors and just really loving the creative community that I was surrounded by. Over the past five years, we've lived in Huntsville. That's really where I grew my business into what it is today. And about six years ago, we, no, sorry, six months ago, we moved to Williamsburg, Virginia. So I had this booming business in Huntsville because my Husband is active duty military. We found out, hey, pack up your bags. You're moving to Williamsburg. And so then came the process of figuring out what was next. What what was I going to do with my business? How I was going to transition it to another city. Pretty much my big first move for my business. That's what I've been working on for the past five or six months here. I know. And so that's why I was so excited. First of all, I have to be 
honest and full disclosure, there's nothing to you know be ashamed of. I know Gary Ann through a mutual friend of ours who is also an entrepreneur and got to meet Gary Ann. And Gary Ann has taken photographs for me and she is phenomenal, very patient. It was we were sweating bullets. I think it was in August of last year. And no, we were, was probably <laughs> some, it was like July, lady. It was Wait, okay. So, yeah. So maybe it was, <laughs> it was so hot. There was road construction happening right next to us. It, it was, it was a mess, but she kept a smile on her face and just kept shooting. And so I love those photographs and I, I have them in different places throughout my website and on logos and things like not logos, but um, profile pics and things like that. So I can speak to Gary Ann's professionalism and how she just keeps a smile on her face and truly is great at bringing people together and bringing people into the fold and treating them the way she would want to be treated. And so I know her personally, but I also know that other business owners face exactly what you face, that they need to move for some reason. And sometimes in large cities, it may even be from move from one neighborhood to another. So that's why I wanted you to be on here is to talk to us. She went about it very wisely. And I wanted her to share some of her, some of her strategies that she she was very intentional when she made the move. She didn't just shut things down in Huntsville and just pray for the best and hope for the best when she got to Virginia. She was very intentional. And so I wanted you to share your thinking and some of the steps that you took. Of course. So this process, we were we were notified that we were moving about a year ago. And so that is, we had about a five-month lead time to when we were going to move. Um, of course, we needed to think about our kids. We have young kids and they came first when it came to us, where we were going to live, what school district and all that business. Um, but of course, my other baby is my business. And so mm-hmm. um, when it, about five months out, as soon as my husband had that paperwork saying, this is where you're going, um, the plan went into place. And so... I had sought out a mentor. Her name is Meredith Rinkarts, and she runs her own photography business. Her husband is also military, and so she has moved her business a bunch of times. And so she also has what is called the restart specialist. And so she helps other entrepreneurs either move their businesses or kind of just get things going again in whatever community that they are in. And so I sought her advice. And so she guided me through the process, helped me come up with a game plan for this. Um, Fortunately, there were in the days of social media today, there were a lot of things that you can find out by doing some market research online. I made a list of vendors. I went on Instagram and of course, websites, but websites aren't as timely as Instagram. So I used Instagram quite a bit to do some research on some vendors that I thought had a similar audience as my own and had the same professionalism as myself. And so I really looked at their style, their price point, their social media presence, their website, and then what I could tell of their client experience. I really wanted people that aligned well with me and my personality and my business. So like I said, there's a lot you can learn from Instagram feeds. And so mm-hmm. this is great. This is 
good in the sense that as a business myself, I was learning a lot about, oh my goodness, I need to, <laughs> I need to step up my game a little bit or you know, like, yes, good these point. people, or you know what, they have not been on social media for the past six months. Are they mm-hmm. even running their business? And so it's very telling. So I dug deeper into their websites without being completely like stalkerish. Yes. But at the same time, like I want somebody, if somebody's going to reach out to me and ask me for a coffee date or ask me to give up a little bit of their time, I want them to know that I'm a little bit invested in them and I I've done my research. And so that was very, very useful when I did eventually email these people to invite them out to lunch. Yes. Let's, let's pause for just a second, Gary, yeah. because you have hit on two or three different things. I, I'm taking notes right now as we talk. And so before we go any further, first of all, wow. And I want you to talk a little bit. I have a very similar process too. When I reach out to people that I am wanting to do business with and, mm-hmm. and you're right, knowing something about them, showing that you have done the research is hands down the the one of the best things you can do when when it's a truly a cold reach out. They don't know you really. You don't know them, but it shows that you're invested. So I want to go back for just a second because you knew that you needed a mentor to help you transition. How did you go about finding the mentor that you that you have now? So I'm a huge podcast listener, and mm-hmm. uh, Meredith was somebody that I had heard of prior to reaching out to her. And so I had just kind of been following her for a little bit, keeping her in my back pocket. When I had actually, she had reached out to me first and she was in Birmingham at the time. So just right down the road from Huntsville. And she had asked me to do some family pictures. Our services were pretty much exchanged um, in the sense that she's like, Hey, I need family pictures. And, and then I came back to her a couple minutes or a couple months later and said, Hey, I need some, I need some help. And so I was not afraid to ask for help. I, you know, at the time was a little bit overwhelmed with what I was going through. So she very much streamlined it for me. Um, I'm a true believer in don't, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Somebody knows this and can make it 10 times easier for you rather than, you know, you trying to figure it out yourself. That's a great point. And I just, I was interested because I know other people will say, okay, that's great. That worked for Gary Ann, but I'm not in the photography business. How do I go about finding a mentor? And so, you know, it sounds like a little bit of it was luck. And then, but I love the point that you made there too. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And we are too dang busy these days as moms and business owners, dads, whatever, to reinvent the wheel. So you're right. The information is out there. We just have to do a little digging. The other thing that I wanted you to speak on for just a split second. And then I want you to get back to, you know, some of your strategies. For example, one of the strategies that you used to make this move, this transition was using Instagram to learn more about your area before you actually moved there. So talk for just a second. This is just very hands-on talk to the audience about how did you find these vendors? Was it just straight hashtag Williamsburg, Virginia? Did you go a little deeper or a different roundabout to get to these vendors? I had made a list of a bunch of businesses that I thought I would align well with. And then I started kind of doing some cross referencing, like who were the people who were interacting with these same businesses? And then or who were these people being tagged in these posts? And Mm -hmm. so 
therefore, you know who the kind of the community is at that point, or who are the same people that are on that same level that maybe you hadn't run across previously. And so it was just all about that list. Of course, it's social media. There was a lot of pre-engagement that I was able to do, you know, when it came to interacting with these accounts, these people prior to me even reaching out um, so that my email wasn't as cold as it was just like, mm-hmm. oh, I have never heard of this girl. It, because I had been interacting with them, I was like, oh, yeah, she's the person who was messaging me on Instagram and commenting on my feed and liking my images. Yeah, of course, this is her email. Yeah, she's reaching out to me. So it became a little bit of a warmer email yes. at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was really helpful some of that pre-engagement that I did even before emailing them and reaching out. And this is another point that you're making with this. I just spoke with somebody else recently about this on the podcast, but that you were using social media socially, actually socializing on social media. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves how important that is, is that we don't just throw stuff in our feed and wait for people to come up, come to us. Mm-hmm. We, we have to be willing to reach out to people as well. And, you know, treat them kindly, be earnestly interested because you're right. Then it's not a cold email. It's a warm email when you send something to them, to their inbox. When you say vendors as well, because you're a wedding photographer, you're a business branding photographer. Were these vendors, event planners, are these actual spaces where a wedding will take place? Are these specific businesses that you were hoping to help brand or specifically, what did you mean by vendors? So I came at it through a wedding photographer. Gotcha. Um, I was moving. So a lot of these, because I'm a photographer, I'm in that top five people that um, clients are usually booking at the very, you know, soon after being getting engaged. Mm-hmm. As far as referral based kind of thinking long term, I reached out to a lot of wedding planners, venues, um, some florists, so kind of in and around those same people who would be booked around the same timeline as I would be booked. Fortunately, Meredith, the the mentor that I was working with, she had previously lived in this part of the country before, so she had some contacts she was able to give me. That's I had great. also reached out to Facebook and said, "Hey, I am looking at possibly." Um, connecting with people in the Hampton Roads area. Does anybody have any connections there? And of course, the power of social media, the power of the military community, some names were given to me. And so those were great because I could say, hey, you know, so-and-so referred me to you. She Mm. thought it would be a really good connection. And so again, a warmer, a warmer email Mm -hmm. than just like, hey, let's go grab coffee. You don't know who I am. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I love it. And let yeah. me ask, let me ask you this because I'm I'm interested personally how you your answer to this. We keep saying the phrase warm e- email. Did you ever instead of an email, did you also do direct messaging within Instagram and within Facebook with these new vendors that you were hoping to get to know? I didn't. I did a lot of my and not in a formal way. 
Right. So a lot of, if we did message back and forth, it was because we were messaging about a post or I was gotcha. trying to send a very meaningful encouragement or response to something that they had posted. Um, when it came to me reaching out for an actual meetup, I wanted it to be very professional looking and very professional sounding. I wanted it to go through an email rather than just a DM in a Facebook message or an Instagram. Um, so that was an intentional thing I did in order to just kind of make me look that much more professional. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I, I know. I was interested. I've done it both ways. And so I wanted to know, because you've done a great, great job with this transition and getting to know new people. And let me make this point here too. We're talking for Gary Ann that she moved her business from one city to another. What she's talking about right here is a honestly is about gaining new clients and new relationships. And so this works, what she's talking about, looking around and seeing who is it that I want to do business with. This works whether you move from a new city or not, whether if your business is staying put and you're looking to grow your reach grow your audience, grow who it is that you're doing business with. For me, I'm service-based. And so I'm looking for new clients sometimes. And I use the, these exact same strategies to do this. Show interest in another human. And it's amazing what can come back to that. Show earnest interest. So, Absolutely. Um, okay, so Marianne, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, yeah. No, you're, you're good. I completely 100% agree with what you're saying. I implemented these things as a way to move my business, but I agree. This could have been used even if you were you felt like you were in a rut or there was somebody you wanted to mm -hmm. work with who is in the same exact city as you. Um, or you're just moving into another realm of your business. You wanted to add another service and there was a whole other group of people you wanted to work with. All these things yes. can work with that. They do. They work. Yeah. So we've talked about how you used Instagram so well to research new vendors and to reach out, get to know more about them. You also looked at their websites. What it, what are some other strategies that you used to grow your community of people that knew about you as a photographer in this new city? I came in with a very, I wanted these relationships to be relationships. I wanted them to be true friendships. As somebody who was new in town, I knew that these people had their friends and I knew that these people had their photographer and had their go-to person. And I didn't want people to feel like me moving in. I was, I didn't want them to feel like I was just looking for a referral or I was just just mm -hmm. business. I wanted this to be a true relationship, a true friendship. And so I also came into these relationships with a giving mindset. Like I'm mm -hmm. a photographer. It is very easy for me to give you images. Mm -hmm. um, and so what can I do to help you? What do you need? Do you need headshots? Do you need photographs of your venue? What do you need? What can I help you with? That was one huge way that I gave value to the people that I was now mm -hmm. meeting with. It was also a way for me to work one-on-one -on -one with them, to show mm -hmm. them how I work as a professional so that it builds a level of trust that doesn't take all the way up until I do a wedding with them to gain. I would definitely say if, if there's something that you can give either by a service or just to show that you're professional, 
think about some of those things and give where you can. You know, that right there is a huge key as well, because the like you said, when you get a chance to work one on one, it does two things. They get to see you and what your type of work they in with you in the photography business. They get to see your style too when they receive the photographs back you as the business owner also gets to see them in person and see how they work and sometimes you fall in love with it and you know this is exactly the type of client that you want to add this is going to be a great relationship it also can show you on the other side hey maybe this was great that I gave that to them and then I'm moving on to somebody else too you know Yeah. And so, and the same thing with me in the service, in a service-based business, I often give free something away in order for them to see how I work. And then I kind of see how, how do I fit what they're looking for? And if I don't, then we need to go on and part ways now because eventually we're not going to be happy with one another and it just causes lots of trouble. Um, In the notes that you sent to me, and I, I want you to speak on this for a few, for just, you know, for a minute or so, you said that you gave yourself a lot of grace. So talk to us for a second. What does that mean? That's so powerful to say, hey, it's okay if it doesn't work out or if this doesn't go exactly how I had planned. Talk to us for a second. So that has been something that I have to continually remind myself of. <laughs> I, I have had to remind myself over and over again that what I built over the past five, six, seven years took years to build. And I have only been here for five, six, seven months. So I have to continually remind myself just because I am working so hard right now and things are not coming immediately doesn't mean that everything that I'm not doing isn't a step further towards my goals. And so it's really hard to see some days and there's a lot of self-doubt that kind of creeps in and that I have to like get it out of my mind. But I got going this past summer or fall, right about the same time, a lot of vendors around here were wrapping up for their fall wedding season. And so that was a little bit of an unfortunate timing because I'm over here like, hey, let's get together. I'm free. I'm about, you know, want to work. I want to be busy. I want to meet people. But they're like, hey, lady, there are people paying me right now. And those that's where I need to be, you know, giving my attention. And so I completely agree because any other mm-hmm. any other year I would be busy in September, October, November. Mm-hmm. This year, fortunately, unfortunately, I was not. So I had to remember hey, people are busy. You happen to not be busy, but there are, I was able to now work on things like the website, things I had been wanting to work on for a long time, continuing to refine my workflow, building another brand, and concentrating on transitioning my family. And so that was a huge thing. I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old, and this was their first big move. I gave myself grace. I gave my family grace, took the holidays off, I was not gone every Saturday at a wedding over the holidays. So that made things really enjoyable. So I had to remind myself um, to appreciate the season that we're in right now. Oh my goodness. I love what you said right there. And it it, it started with like, like we started this conversation, this part of the conversation with of just saying it's okay to be where I'm at right now. But so many great things have come from this season because you have 
worked on a website and so many times, how many, how often do we tell ourselves if I just had time, I would update my website. If I just had time, I would write that blog post or if I just had time and you realize, Oh, I do have this time. I'm going to use it well because next season or I can foresee next season, you are going to be extremely busy. <laughs> and so you'll be so <laughs> happy that you laid this, this groundwork exactly. now and that you were able to dream and to focus and think about what it is that you want to do next. And heck, you're right. Moving a family, that is huge. And especially with a six and a three-year-old, they need that reassurance, that extra reassurance. And you were able to, to spend time doing that. So I really commend you. And I think that is so powerful as business owners. We want that overnight success but it doesn't come without laying that groundwork. And second of all, how scary would that overnight success be if you don't, you just woke up one day and had a million followers and you had two the day before? That's scary. You know, yeah. you've got to have that building, that process where you learn how to handle that level of success over time. Really quickly, tell me what was harder for you in this transition you laid you were very specific in your planning about reaching out to people prior to getting there you even said in your notes that you guys went and visited did you only visit once or did you visit a couple of times we visited once um we visited last spring and specifically came down here to find a home my husband and i are planners despite our life we're not completely in control of our lives and we try to plan as much as we can. And so we had come down to house hunt. Let me back up. So before I had said anything on social media about me, me coming down here and house hunting, I needed to contact every single one of my 2019 brides or anybody that I had on the books um, and tell them specifically, hey, this is what's going on. We have oh, yeah. received orders to move, and I fully intend on being at your wedding. There will be no additional cost if I need to travel. Um, I needed to make sure that they knew, because the worst thing that could happen is I have a bride who's like, hey, you didn't tell me what in the world are you going to be at my wedding or not? And <laughs> imagine that, you know, they put down a retainer of, you know, a lot of money, and they're mm -hmm. expecting me to be at their wedding. So I made sure to communicate that personally to each and every one of my clients that I had on the books. I even went so far as to contact vendors that I work really closely with in, in the local area mm -hmm. to make sure they knew what was going on, just in case anybody asked. Before anything appeared on social media, I made sure everybody knew. When about four weeks prior to that move, or sorry, to that trip that we made here, I started reaching out to those vendors that I wanted to meet with while I was here. And though the email that I had sent out was really successful because every single one of those people responded and was completely willing to meet with me, open armed, welcomed me into the community. Uh -huh. And they were like, by the time we left oh. that lunch, we can't wait for you to move. You make sure you contact me when you're finally here. And so that was really, really reassuring to me that I was not going to just show up and you know, crickets. Right. And so at least I knew I was falling into some really awesome people. And so you met with these people on your house hunting. You yes. met with the vendors that you connected with on your house hunting. Um, on our house hunting trip. And so it was a way for me to get that preemptive, that relationship preemptively started a good four to five months prior to us even 
landing here in Williamsburg. Mm. It's really funny. We spent Monday with our real estate agent and we saw probably 30 houses in one day. I mean, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> and so on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday were the, were the days that I had earmarked for these meetings with these vendors. So, you know, I, I probably spent an hour and a half with each of these people over lunch or coffee. And in the meantime, my husband has the kids meeting with the real estate agent, negotiating our house in the background. <laughs> and we left there. By Friday, we had a contract signed and we were good to come back with a house and everything. So, wow. What a treat. Yes, to be honest, the hardest part was the time that I felt like I was straddling both locations. I was trying to build up my relationships in Williamsburg, but at the same time, I had come back to Huntsville in the meantime to finish out my wedding season. So I felt like I was, the hardest part was really managing both, feeling like I was straddling both cities, mm -hmm. um, not fully willing and not fully ready to let go of Huntsville, but not ready to commit fully to Williamsburg because of everything I had going on at the time. You know, I, I can totally, I can totally see that because that is so much brain power to, mm -hmm. like you said, balance those relationships. And then at the same time, we're also talking about packing your family up. <laughs> so oh, that doesn't us. go easy either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had our house. We luckily didn't have to sell it. We rented it out. But I'm telling you, the last day that we were there, we I had a wedding the last day that I was in town. And so we had packed up the cars the morning of. We had to go to the weigh station to weigh our cars. My husband went ahead to Chattanooga. I went to my wedding, did an entire eight, nine hour day. And then with my car fully packed, like to the gills. Yes, and I can imagine. Out, 10 o'clock that evening, headed out to drive towards Williamsburg. And so we were full oh. force the entire time until we left. Yes. And so that was. Yeah. Really no, I know. <laughs> I, I know because I was around you some during this time that that summer and all the summer and everything that you were doing. And I'm exhausted just hearing you talk about <laughs> <laughs> those last couple of weeks and months. Yeah. So crazy. I give you an I give you a medal, uh, some award of, you know, the Energizer Bunny and just how dedicated you were to the relationships that you had built here in Huntsville. No way did you want to burn any of those bridges. And I can speak because I'm Huntsville based. I can speak Gary Ann has a fantastic relationship. Anytime you mention her name, huge smiles come across. People talk about how they love how she, her style, but how she handles the photography itself. And so she has worked hard to cultivate those relationships. She did not want to burn those bridges, but at the same time wanted to build those bridges in Williamsburg. So way to go. You get the medal for Energizer Bunny right there. <laughs> so we talked about that being really hard for you, that being the hardest part. You felt like you straddled and were pulled in between two cities. Was there something easier to you that you you kind of expect it to be really difficult in the end it, it wasn't that hard I think the thing that was easy was for good and bad it was easy to leave and, okay. and, and it was sad it was bittersweet of course um but it was easy to leave Huntsville because I knew what a great community I had and what great friends I had and it was easy for me to leave because I knew it would always be there 
a lot of the relationships that I had cultivated, I mean, these people check in with me on a weekly basis. Um, whenever I announce that I am coming into town is like, you tell me when and where and I will be there. I just have a great group of friends that are so easy to love. And um, I miss them every day. But at the same time, the power of social media, I get to talk to them on a daily basis. We are always in- exchanging, encouraging words to each other. And then on the other side, it, on this side of Williamsburg, it is really easy for me in the sense that with being able to give in the photography side, it is really easy for people to agree to meeting with me. It's easy for me to have like foot in the door. Um, so out of this has, I have built my branding side of my business, which is Kia. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pivoting a little bit this year. Of course, I will always be the portrait and wedding photographer and continue to love that. I actually have a, a handful of weddings on the books for this year. But I'm going to really start diving deep and throwing some of my love and energy towards business branding. I love working one-on-one with um, service-based businesses and showing the world how amazing these people are through my images. And so I'm really going to start pursuing that side of business. It's become really successful so far and people are really... They're loving it or, or it's a great way to connect with other people. Yes. And I'm so personally, I'm so happy you're doing that. That's how I, that's how I first was introduced to you only was on a photo shoot for for our mutual friend, Tao. I, I'm so happy to know that you are doing that because once again, your love for small businesses, for creatives like yourself, it just flows out of your picture taking. And so. I'm so happy to know that you're doing that personally. And I know that there's other small businesses that are extremely happy as well because I've seen their photographs on Instagram. So while we come to a close, and I'm really kind of sad to say bye to you, but as we come to a close, please tell everybody where can they follow you, see examples of your work, and uh, get to know you better. So on the portrait and wedding side, I am Gary Ann Kia Photography. So you can find me on Facebook and then on Instagram for that same brand. I am G Kia Photo. So G K I A Photo. And then the branding side of my business is Kia and Co. And so that can be found on Facebook as well. And on Instagram, because Kia and Co was taken, I am the <laughs> Kia and Co. So it is T H E the. K-I-A-A-N-D-Co, C-O. And so the Kia and Co on Instagram. I, of course, you are more than welcome to email me either way, but that's where I kind of live is on Instagram and Instagram stories a lot. Yay. Yes. So she, she does. So if you guys are interested in knowing more about her, which you totally should be, look her up on Facebook and Instagram, and I will have that, of course, in show notes too, so you don't have to have it memorized. Thank you so much, Gary Ann. i just so impressed with your plan, your strategy, and how much energy, of course, we've talked about this, that it takes for you to make that move. And of course, we so appreciate your husband's service to our country and, for, and to your family too. I realize that it, it's a whole family gig moving and, and serving our country, so thank you 
you so much. I look forward to talking to you soon. Okay, Gary Ann. Thank you so much. I loved that episode. It was full of real life and great actionable tips. One key point that I took away, do research before contacting a potential client or business that can offer you referrals. None of us like receiving those cold emails or direct messages or even worse, the weird comments in our feed that say things like, I like your feed, we should work together. Those just don't work. In fact, they make us feel really weird, strange. So we have to start out by finding clients or businesses that we think will be a good fit for us. So that means a little research. And then show true interest with these businesses or people on social media. After that, directly contact them. Now, Gary Ann was very specific. She wanted her direct contact, meaning her invitations to come meet through email. I've actually done it both ways. I have done invitations through direct messages on Facebook and Instagram and had a lot of luck, but I've also used email. So that's really up to you, your preference as a business owner. A second key takeaway, bring value. After all, if we're reaching out to a potential client and asking him or her to meet with us, that means that they're giving up time from their business or their family, or maybe we're even asking them to continue corresponding with us, we also have to ask ourselves, what can we bring to the table? Like Gary Ann talked about, as a photographer, it was easy for her. She offered free headshots or photos of a venue. I don't mean easy in the sense of, it was her time. I meant it was an easy offering because she's a photographer. And for me as a copywriter and consultant, I've reached out in the past and offered free email content or social media posts. That way I had an opportunity to meet in person with some of these potential clients. I love in-person meetings. Plus, they got to see some of my work in action. Obviously, you as the business owner have to decide what small yet valuable thing can I offer that demonstrates my work and my products to these people. That decision is yours, but it's a great idea. Bring value. A third takeaway, and even above the business and marketing advice that Gary Ann offered, give yourself grace. Can I get an amen on that? We give time, we give money, we give free services and products, we give love, but we rarely give ourselves grace. Gary Ann was honest with herself about the situation that moving a business that was years in the making from one city to another is going to be hard and it's going to take time. She created a plan, followed it, and then gave herself grace for when things didn't go as she had hoped. I love this quote. I will hold myself to a standard of grace, not perfection. Let me say that one more time. I will hold myself to a standard of grace, not perfection. I don't know exactly who to credit that to. I did see it on some of Emily Lay's planners. She creates gorgeous, very organized planners. I did see it there. So, For now, I'm going to leave it right there. I hold myself to a standard of grace, not perfection. It's a great quote for this episode and just for life in general. 
We get wrapped up in perfection and how it should be. And if it doesn't go exactly how we have planned, then we start having really ugly conversations with ourselves. But we've got to give ourselves grace. Forget perfection. I hope you found this episode as valuable as I did. And remember, if you like this episode at all, be sure to leave a review. Reviews do magical things in the algorithms, meaning it helps show this podcast to potential listeners. That comes with a big please and thank you. Until next episode, kiddo.